0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Formula Waffle after the Portimao Grand Prix. I'm joined once again by James Thomas and in what wasn't the most eventful Grand Prix, we're going to try and pick out some of the key parts of it. So, um, Emphasis on try. (laughs) Big emphasis emphasis on try, but from the start there there wasn't much overtaking on the first lap really. You had Bottas, Hamilton and Verstappen all getting away well. Obviously Ocon and Norris had their little scrap, but... Uh, the main talking point came at the end of the lap. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen, a slight lapse in concentration. He said he was looking at his wheel and he ended up going into the back of Dovernazzi. Now, if someone's of Kimi's experience, you'd expect a lot better from him. But then again, it shows everyone's human.
1: It does. And I mean, you know, Kimi's one of those people that we sort of forget about him now because he's so experienced. And so he he, he just sort of performs in the shadows and you'll see him come from maybe 13th to try and get a points finish and everyone looks and goes oh it's Kimmy, well you know well done he's doing well and I think obviously as you say we forget people are human they make mistakes he was looking at the dash and he hit his teammate he didn't cause much damage for Antonio um, evidently so you know it took him out of the race but I don't think um, you know it's, it's you know as, as if to say Kimmy's lost it or lost his talent. It's, it's just one of those days for him, but he will be annoyed, I'm sure, uh, because Alfa Romeo, while they weren't as fast as uh, they expected to be, they probably could have could have been um, more challenging or, or more of a challenge uh, with two cars involved.
0: It, it it well it just all comes after they put an appeal in from the Imola race, didn't they? Because uh, Kimmy oh, yeah. got was it thirty second time penalty and uh, that has since been rejected, that appeal, but it's just not been a good few weeks for Alpha Romeo, and I think, based off of the start, Kimmy got up out last year. I think he was making up 10 places or something like that. Something mm-hmm. crazy that like was, that.
1: Uh, the uh, FIA's moment of the year, that was, but it's a, a sharp contradiction to this year.
0: Yeah, exactly, so Alpha will be hoping things turn around for them in Spain, but, yeah, it's not been a good few weeks, and... Giovin Nazi missing out on points this weekend and obviously one car retiring, it's not ideal. Um, after the safety car, which felt like it was out for an eternity and far longer than it probably should have been, um, I think Bottas did the dummy, as you said on Twitter, on Hamilton. And, uh, Absolutely uh, Verstappen brilliant. Verstappen just Absolutely jumped in.
1: Jump. Yeah, I mean, I was quite, uh, quite confused by Bottas, what he did, because I expected him to... Get the launch on Hamilton a little bit earlier than that because it's quite hard to sort of maintain the pace and and get a good jump and and confuse the person behind you if you're going as late as he did it was it was on the straight that he sort of went I expected him to bolt far before then but obviously he proved me wrong and and while Hamilton was weaving mid-weave Bottas just absolutely Leapt at the opportunity, caught Hamilton napping, and Max was uh, right there to pick up the pieces.
0: Hamilton admitted he made the mistake, and obviously, it shows Bottas just he, he did well for the first half of the race. He, he, we all thought, oh, maybe he's coming of age as it, expectations this season, but it just seemed to fall apart. And they blame it on a sensor issue. Obviously, Hamilton won the Grand Prix in the end, but I'm just I'm I don't think it is a sensor issue. I just think they're trying to protect Barthas. I, I I, think at best he's a bang average number two. And I don't see anything special. I don't think he'll be able to push Hamilton or Max this season. But it's a weird one. I
1: think when the closest you're coming to beating your teammate is, you know, a 50-point deficit or whatever it was in, 20, in 2017, then as much as it is Lewis Hamilton and he's, you know, the most successful driver of all time, you should be much more competitive than that. You know, I think Mercedes picked Bottas because the Rosberg Hamilton relationship of two extremely competitive drivers didn't work well. So picking Bottas was probably the easy option. And I think it's kind of what Ferrari have done with science. is, is, you know, you you pick someone who's perhaps going to be a little bit more uh, submissive and favor the team. And, you know, I don't really think Mercedes care too much who wins as long as Mercedes win uh, and it's a little bit annoying to see that we don't have as much competition as we perhaps would like but I don't think it's going to be uh, Bottas in that, that chair for much longer I think um, well judging by the way George is going it, it might not even be him but uh, it, I don't think it's going to be Bottas so we won't really have to worry I don't think he's going to be a, a title contender this year I think he is as you say pretty average and i think his confidence has just fallen apart really
0: it's, uh, he's been at the team for what four, four seasons now is it or
1: yeah 17 18 19 yeah, so 20. four
0: seasons and he's only got nine wins in the mercedes now what,
1: compared to verstappen having 10 is it
0: exactly so like that red bull was far weaker the past couple of years and yes Bottas, some of bottas's wins even came like when hamilton's had a retirement or a penalty and I, I just, I just don't think he's that good. As much as I like him, I think he's a really nice person, and he excelled in the Williams. I don't think Mercedes is his level. That's like—I mean,
1: you got to give it to him because contending with Lewis Hamilton is tough. Because but sometimes I get that, but it's the it distance has, between. Has, them. Well, yeah, but he has his moments on a Saturday, doesn't he? Where. He can pull out a good lap, or he's really, really close within hundreds to to Lewis. We saw it at Imola last year. We we see we see it numerous times Nurburgring, different places. He's been close, and he's been there or thereabouts, but he doesn't provide a sustainable level of, of competition. I think he sort of fizzles out across the weekend. He really he comes in to a Grand Prix and he, he sets the fastest times on Friday. And he gives it a good go at pole on a Saturday. And then in the race, he doesn't have the, the aggression and he doesn't have the, the fire in him, I don't think. And especially, as I say, being submissive and the infamous Valtry, it's James. I think he just, he's one of those people that will just, you know, settle with second. I don't think he likes to settle with it, but I don't think he's, you know, aggressive enough. To, to risk it all for a win
0: and it's the lack of consistency there like yeah like you said it's all good being fast on a Friday and a Saturday but you don't earn any points for it well not until the sprint race is coming but you earn absolutely nothing on a Saturday now so it's just I, I think I have to agree with you it's, I thought he'd be gone this season quite honestly I was surprised when they gave him another contract but I think the fact it's a one year deal just shows the plans are a further ahead with George
1: well, it was. It would have been. Uh, I think it's his only his last year, his last shot at the title. And um, I'll be honest, he hasn't got off to a great start. So, unless he can uh, magically pull something out of the bag in these next couple of races, or maybe after the uh, the summer break, I um, I, I really don't think Bottas is going to be a champion.
0: And it's like when he was when Hamilton had COVID at Sakir last year, right? And George was in the car alongside him, and George completely outshot him that entire weekend.
1: Absolutely. I mean. I thought George would nab pole and he narrowly, narrowly missed it. But to show up in your first Grand Prix in a new car and you've got your uncomfortable boots on, you're barely fitting into the car and you don't know the, the team's protocols really well enough, he's he showed up and he's overtaken Bottas into Turn 1. He's led him almost all the way. He's overcome all of these issues to, to still smoke Bottas, you know, that overtake that that one overtake of the year, I think, last year just really put the nail in the coffin for me that Bottas was just not up to that seat standard.
0: No pun intended but he's finished, so Oh God <laughs> So That's painful. Um, let's just slip, swiftly move on after that um, <laughs> Carlos Sainz, he did well to qualify fifth, was it? I think. It was fifth, yeah, yeah. Um, Started okay in the race and it fell apart the tyres the just went for him and it's, it's. I think he's done really well in the Ferrari from a personal point of view like he's out qualified Leclerc obviously this weekend he's given him a good run for his money in the first two races and I think we could see a close battle at Ferrari this year but obviously his tyres fell apart in the race and then he was just a sitting duck a passenger and everyone was flying past him but I'm really surprised at Ferrari's pace this year I thought they'd be a lot slower than they are, and the fact that Leclerc's just behind Norris and McLaren, it's a good sign for them.
1: Even Ferrari is surprised with Ferrari's pace. Charles Leclerc was saying he, you know, they, the team, came into this season expecting to be, you know, fifth or sixth fastest, and they ended up pretty much being level pegging with, well, not level, but near enough. Uh, McLaren, I think they, they could be fighting for third or fourth this year if they can keep it consistent and um, Yeah, as you say, it's good for Carlos because he said his main area of focus was qualifying He wanted to close up to Charles on a Saturday and he did um, Qualifying fifth as you say he did very well but yeah, the tire strategy wasn't there and I think neither was the race face necessarily so 11th is upsetting for him but it'll be a positive takeaway from this weekend that he managed to close up in qualifying and at a track like this where there are a lot of unknowns going in You know, it's only the second edition of this Grand Prix, it's different weather from last year, different conditions I think going into Spain next weekend, his home Grand Prix a track that obviously all the drivers know very very well, I think he'll have a, a, a good shot at uh, maybe qualifying in the in the top ten, maybe even top five, and uh, going on for a points finish.
0: Is straight line speed going to be an issue for them? That's like, that's the question that's on my mind because it's a fast track, Catalonia. You got that really long start finish straight. You got a lot of high speed corners, and I'm just thinking with Ferrari still not they haven't got the Mercedes engine that McLaren have. Obviously, McLaren love far much more straight line speed than them. It, it might be somewhere where Ferrari struggle, but then again, that's Ferrari of a. Surprised to all in the past, so you never say never. But I, I just think, is it really a track that's going to be their strong point?
1: Well, I think McLaren are going to have the edge, obviously with a Mercedes engine. But considering their main contenders are or were this weekend, McLaren at a track which was, well, I wouldn't say power orientated, but it, you know, the, the start finish straight needs a lot of high, It needs a high top speed if you're going to be competitive. Um, I think. Ricardo's still not too comfortable in that McLaren. So I think Norris and the two Mercedes and the two Red Bulls are going to be a bit of a far cry. But the top 10 is still, you know, very open. I don't think Aston Martin have the pace. I don't think Alpine, you know, necessarily have the pace to contend with them or or be close contenders anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think Ferrari have got a good chance.
0: And science falling from fourth to six on that restart. It was only like lap seven. Do you think laps of concentration, maybe? Or uh, for, for me, I think as as even though he's been in the sport for a while, he still has an awful lot to learn. And that's just my point of view. When like yes, he's probably going to be at Ferrari for next season, and they'll be want to be pushing for podiums and stuff. And yes, he's close to Leclerc now. When the pressure actually added pressure comes, because this season there's no pressure on Ferrari. Like they're not expected to be up there. But when that added pressure comes in next season, it will he be able to cope with that? And that's just like... I've, I, we all. It's no secret he's a seat warmer for Mick for when Mick comes in in 2023, maybe sooner, who knows. But for me, can Carlos deal with that pressure? Maybe, yes. But then on the other hand, when you're battling with Clerk, it's like that second Red Bull seat, isn't it? Max is the future star. He's the face. And the Clerk is the future star. He's the face. It's that second seat. Can it become curve? I
1: disagree a little bit because I don't think Carlos is the kind of person to bow down to his teammate. And I also don't think Ferrari is the kind of team that, whilst they are known for being pretty ruthless, I don't think they're the kind of team that are just going to, you know, put him in, as you say, for as a seat warmer. I think he's very aggressive. He's very passionate about what he does. He's a fast driver. I think. He's showing his talent at Ferrari already when he hasn't necessarily acclimatised to the 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 car itself fully. So I think given a season, I think he, he, he can be competitive on par with Charles really. I think he will fall down on Saturday because Leclerc is just in a class of his own most weekends in terms of qualifying. He always outdrives, outperforms the car. So I think he'll struggle in that regard, but I think he's almost like Checo in the way that, well, you might fall down on a Saturday. He's got the race pace, he's got the race craft, he's got the aggression to to build back up on a Sunday.
0: But when Mick is ready for that Ferrari seat, right? What do well, they do with size? Yes,
1: well, yeah, but it, it depends on Mick's performance because obviously he's not going to be able to show much pace this year. So it depends on, A, Haas getting it right after the regulations change, and B, if Mick can actually perform in Formula 1. Because, you know, he's a big talent. He's obviously F2 champion, son of Michael Schumacher. He's he's not going to be, not exactly a Mazapin, but I think we still need to give him time to actually see if he's capable of a Ferrari seat before we definitely say he's going into a Ferrari seat. He'll obviously be... be very attractive in terms of sponsors, but, you know, I, I, I don't think it would be good for him to move to Ferrari if he's not capable, if you know what I mean.
0: It's a good point you make. Um, moving on, uh, Hamilton eventually did get back at Verstappen a couple laps, more laps into the race, um, and then no sooner, he just went round the outside of Bottas, he makes it look so easy. Um. There were some great, it wasn't an eventful race but I think Hamilton's overtaking was the highlight of it for me and it's just, his class is a level above. Now for the overtake on Bottas uh, Bottas made it way harder for himself than he had to. If he had defended that outside line he would have had the faster route going into the corner and Hamilton would have had the harder angle going in but Bottas gave himself a really awkward angle going into the corner, which kind of shot himself in the foot a bit, didn't it?
1: Well, he did the same thing last year. So I don't know how he didn't learn, because obviously last year he moved to the right side of the track where you get in all the marbles, all the discarded rubber. You're obviously, I say, making it harder for, for yourself going into the corner because the natural line, the racing line is on the left to get the apex. Um, so I, I just... I think he doesn't really think about what he's doing sometimes because you, I mean he's under pressure because Lewis was following him for that many laps but he doesn't keep a cool head in the same way that Lewis does and I think that's what sets him apart because you know Max made a mistake in front of him at turn 14, Lewis saw that, he jumped on the opportunity, overtook Max and then he piled the pressure on Bottas, stayed within DRS range almost every lap and then finally when he got close enough, pressured Bottas into a wrong dive right, and then swooped round the outside and took him, and then pulled away. And then Bottas couldn't keep up, so he just he had the pace. And what I also quite like was Hamilton saying these tyres are shot on the radio, and then absolutely clearing the air for from Bottas and putting in fastest laps and getting past the graining phase. It's classic Hamilton to uh, to do all of those things, and uh, he did excel, you got to give it to him.
0: What did make me laugh is when uh, Perez is going on his marathon of tyres, and then he said, where's the blue flag when he's coming past Perez, and just turned around <laughs> yeah. and said, nope, you're racing him. <laughs> it's not Albon in the saw Red a, saw a meme
1: when it was, yeah, I saw a meme when it was, he's got too used to, uh, to lapping Albon, <laughs> which was quite brutal, um, but still, it's true.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll go on to Checo then um, he had a really good race in my opinion to keep them tyres going for 53 laps um, he's, I don't want to jinx it so touch wood he seems to have broke the curse of the second Red Bull seat He's been obviously he had the, didn't go well for him and Imola in the race he had the spin and all that but he's, he seems like he can qualify in the area that Red Bull want him gives Max a go obviously out qualified in, in Imola I, 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 I see good things at Paris I really do and I think As much as I like Albon and as much as everyone likes Albon, he was the right choice for Red Bull. They took a risk going outside their academy, risking their reputation and all that, but it seems to be one that could and has paid off.
1: I think it is still early days because we saw, you know, if you took the performance of Alex in the first few races, you know, to climb from 20th to 5th in Belgium and to do... He he did pretty well in Italy and he he did pretty well in those last few races of, of 2019... I think you would have thought he's the perfect choice and he's going to build on that and he's going to build on that close up to Max and maybe challenge Max and challenge Mercedes and he obviously didn't. So I think it is still a bit too early to say because while he is, you know, finishing there or thereabouts where Red Bull wants him to, he is still a ways away from Max. He only outqualified him in Imola because Max made a pretty big mistake on his final flying lap. So while he is... A better choice than Albon, I do agree. I think it's still a bit premature to be calling him, you know, he's going to be fighting for for wins and such. I think Red Bull definitely do view him as a second driver and a bit of a wingman and a bit of a Bottas that's going to be the rear gunner, as it were.
0: But in saying that, right, I say he could probably be the better option. But I say that because he's got so many years of experience under his belt and he's proven, especially the last five four or five years that no, he's a good driver, he's worthy of the sport, which just makes me think that's why he seems like settled, he's got pace and I just think it's what he's shown in the past. He can translate into Red Bull.
1: He has got pace, yeah, definitely. I do agree, but I, I still don't think he's going to be able to challenge Max consistently and challenge Max, you know, and be within hundreds. I think he will still be a couple of tenths off most weekends and his role is not going to be to, to be the winner or to be challenged Hamilton. I think his role is to keep Bottas at bay, to get on the podium, to help him in the constructors and to make Max's day a little bit easier in terms of strategy fighting the two Mercedes.
0: So, going after Hamilton's overtakes on Verstappen and Bottas, it died off after then, let's be honest. Uh, lap 35, the pit window kind of opened, uh, Verstappen came on, got put the hards on and... Bottas actually got the uh, jump on Verstappen, didn't he? But then Verstappen got past him again, uh, overtaking him on to turn four on lap 37. Uh, it's just, it's, it's again a gap between them.
1: I honestly didn't think that was going to happen. I thought Verstappen had jump him in the pit, steer away, you know, fly away into the distance, but apparently the undercut wasn't as powerful as Red Bull had hoped and uh, and the gap was still pretty much, I think it was two seconds there or thereabout.
0: Yeah, well, Bottas was all over the place when he came out of the pits, wasn't
1: he? Oh, yeah, well... This is the thing, Bottas, you know, he he comes out of the pits with colder tyres. And if that was Hamilton, Hamilton would have kept it, you know, he would have known the bounds of the tyres. He would have known to heat them up a little bit before he started pushing. And I don't think he would have lost that position to Max. But Bottas, in in all his glory, managed to, you know, flounder all over the shop coming out of turn four turn five and and lose the
0: place should, should we move on from bottas should we uh, stop the bottas
1: no, so i do feel for him because it's a tough job being the pairing for lewis hamilton but he doesn't help himself yeah
0: so um george russell uh qualified p11 got all our hopes up for a good williams race but um ended up just it seems it's just like a free fall, wasn't it uh he finished sixteenth in the end, and obviously there was a lot of complaints about him saying the car was undrivable in turbulent air. And as much as we want to believe Williams have made a leap forward, it, I think it just shows the reality of it. They're still not there. It, it's the same problems as they had in testing. The car isn't great in windy conditions as it was, and, and in turbulent air. And
1: well, Williams's pitfalls in the in the past couple of years has been the aero. They had a massively draggy car in 2019. They still had that drag in 2020. And it seems that obviously because the regulations haven't changed that much, they've carried that into 2021 because they've got the engine side of things. And, you know, they're building in terms of aero, but they still don't really have the capability to fight. I think qualifying is one thing because you can always, Mr. Saturday can always put it on, you know, the, the sixth row or something. But he... He just drops from there. They they seem to because they they can't really fight with other cars, and I think George is right that the car is just unsteady in windy and turbulent conditions and in dirty air particularly. So I think the regulation change in 2022 will help them massively because that's obviously what it aims to reduce the the dirty air when following another car. So I think they're building and obviously the new investment the new. Um, takeover. I think they do have a good chance to to capitalise next year, but this year, I, I, I yeah, I don't really see many points finishes coming anytime. Uh,
0: and I think the true reflection of the Williams struggle in terms of an era of windy conditions, straight line speed, all that, um, was when Mick overtook Latifi in the Hass, and we know how awful that Hass is. But it, he was pressuring Latifi for quite a few laps, and obviously got past him eventually, but. I think it's kind of a reflection of Williams' pace and a bit of a step back into reality from all our expectations. And like they're just still not where we really want or hopes they would be.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was optimistic to to hope for for, the, for a return to form this year, you know, because nothing's really changed in terms of the car's philosophy, other than the the downforce uh, reduction on the rear. So I didn't really expect them to be fighting for points. Um, I expected them to be essentially where they are, which is a little bit faster compared to previous years, but still in the same realm of, you know, fringes of the points. Yeah.
0: Um, going on to Haas, um which one do you want to start with? <laughs> which driver?
1: <laughs> we can start with a good, the uh the the, the good news, as it were. Yeah. I mech. think
0: he has an excellent weekend. I really do. Oh yeah, as uh, you were
1: saying, overtaking Latifi, that was yeah. just Brilliance from him.
0: It's sad that that's the achievement we give him and what we label. over well, know Latifi, it is. It's, it was good. It, it's a sad stuff. reality.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Latifi was struggling. Mick seem seemingly more in his his comfort zone. And I, I quite it was quite wholesome. Did you hear that? You know, that's his his race. He's got his own F1. That he, you know, Latifi's the the leader and he's got to catch him. And I think he'll take some solace in the fact that he's beaten a Williams and he's absolutely smoking his teammate, but it's not where he wants to be. He, he just, you know, you go from being an F2 champion to just being right at the back of the grid, same sim- scenario for Russell 2019. It is pain, but I think it will be great for his driving style. I think it will be good for him as a, you know, as a driver and his mentality to be able to Extract the most and to be able to manage a tricky car, and yeah, it, it looks good on him to, to be absolutely, uh, yeah, really beating Mazepin quite hard.
0: His pre season testing is this entire season preparing for next year, isn't it? It's just getting to know the car and getting to know all the tracks,
1: yeah. It's good experience, um, and he won't like fighting at the back, but that's the sad reality of Hass's situation. They're not doing anything more to that car, so I think he's just got his sights set on 2022, really.
0: Uh, so swiftly moving on to the other half well should we be surprised
1: well we didn't see many spins um at least but he did deliver still um uh yeah to halt to block checo like that and i I looked at the the on board and how many times he got told blue flag for checo he still managed to impede him I
0: just. I think in so his, his defence, I think in his defence, his engineer did admit he, he he should have told him a bit earlier. And Hasipin did. I a d- 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 I disagree it.
1: with that. I disagree with that. Think I think his engineer was completely. Yeah, I, I do because if you listen to the onboard, his engineer gave him a fair few warnings that the red ball was coming, and he he just. I think he didn't know where to go, as in where to get out of the way, because obviously it was that tight pinch corner of turn three is it so yeah I mean
0: but I think it's like you said last time right he was the best option of Haas yes we know he's going to be at the back every week but finance wise it's well he's keeping him alive at least yeah
1: but I think he's kind of a driver that we all have to tolerate as it were
0: I think if we're going to slander him every week it's going to get a bit boring because we're going to have the same conversation every week and Fair play to him, right? Like. He didn't spin. Look, if we are going to try be neutral and pick out the positives, he didn't spin it as much as he normally does, right? So there's some progress. You can look at it in that way, but it's he's just a.
1: I even feel as though his engineer is he, he his engineer knows just how bad he is because you can. His engineer was saying you were matching Mick and Latifi on that last stint when Mazepin was on. I think it was on soft and Mick and Latifi were on hards. Uh, so he shouldn't be matching at all. In fact, he should be 10 times quicker than he was. He was, what, a minute off? A minute off, me. Yeah, I think, I think he did make two so, pit stops,
0: though, which is why he did an extra gap.
1: But, I mean, he, still... Still 30 matching, seconds he's dropped. That's what I mean in terms, of, in terms of pace. Matching on the softs when they're on the hards is not good enough.
0: And he still did. There is still 30 seconds. Because it's about 30 seconds lost in the pit stop, so he still did lose 30 seconds on... Mick and the others. So
1: I mean, you know, they've been worse pay drivers like Delatras, and he's 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 so far out of his depth. But just let him let him be. Really, he's not going to be there for long. I don't think. I disagree with you.
0: Have you heard? I heard the whispers about potentially his father just buying up the team. I have heard about the
1: acquisition. (laughs) Yeah, I have heard about the acquisition of the team, but I still. I still don't think he's got a long term future in Formula One. Do you know what I mean? Because no matter how much money you have and how much money you pump in, if you're not fast enough, you're not fast enough to get the results. You're not going to get any points. You're not going to further your team's goals. You You just. I don't know.
0: What do you think Gunter and Gina are thinking? What do you think they're honestly thinking?
1: Well, I think Gunter's just thinking about next year. Mm. I think he's just sat there yeah. looking at the screens blankly and, and you know, not really he bothering knows. with this year. Yeah. He knows what he's yeah, he knows. expecting. I don't think Gene's got the same no. kind of targets. I think he's losing
0: patience. He's a short fuse waiting to just pull out.
1: I'll be honest. I don't know why Gunter's still there. I really don't think he's capable of of taking a team to to glory. Really,
0: true gift drive to survive wasn't a thing. He'd be gone.
1: Well. He's, uh, he's good marketing, isn't he, for Formula 1? Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think he's, uh, he's a good enough team principal. Take to the top, I really don't. Uh,
0: another driver who finished just ahead of the Williams and the Hasses was Yuki Tsunoda, um, Finished in, in 15th place. Uh, it's not been a good couple of weekends for him, but I think it is easy to forget it's his first season in F1. He's only three races in, so it's just steady progress.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky track for everyone, and especially for a rookie, I mean, you know, he kept it on the road, he had a few issues with track limits, admittedly, but I mean, 15th, yeah, it's a learning curve, as you say, and that Tower he has got pace, he's just going to build on that, we know he's got the pace and the talent seen in Bahrain, so I think a circuit like Spain, where he's got experience, obviously in Formula 2, I think it'll be a bit easier for him and AlphaTauri are going to have the pace. I think he could be on for a points finish next week. I do, yeah. I, actually, I'll put money on it. You. Right. Okay. I'll put we'll money on it. Zanoda <laughs> in the points.
0: Um, well, one team who might not be in the points, Aston Martin, and it's an absolute disaster for them at the moment. Uh, it's not going... You know, like I said on the first... I think it was the first episode or maybe the second. It's all the big hype, new branding. It's Aston Martin, they're back, and it's... Just falling apart. Uh, Stroll getting eliminated in Q1. Vettel, hallelujah, praise the Lord. He got to Q3 finally. He had a hour of qualifying, but he just fell off in the race. And it's sad to see, because I really do like the Aston Martin team and the Aston Martin car, and I really want to see him do well. But it's just not clicking, and it comes back to the protest, the rake, all of that stuff. You can get in Otmar. more. Not happy with all the changes, but just, got to, it's just one of them they got to get on with, and I think the way it started, I think they're going to realise, oh, we probably should just focus on next year.
1: Yeah, I think they went from a pretty mediocre backmarker team in 2019 to building on it with, you know, obviously the sort of copycat Mercedes, uh, pink Mercedes, and we got used to them being regular competitors for points, and then they've sort of, you know, they've ditched that philosophy, they've also had the added struggle and strife of the regulations impacting the downforce, and they've gone back to 2019s performance. Um, but I think, you know, they've got two strong drivers. I think Vettel's coming into it a little bit more, obviously with that performance in Q3 or Q2. Um, so I think this year won't be the year for them. I think they are too far off the rest of the midfield. They haven't made the gains that they expected they would off of the back of Fourth place in the constructors. Was it fourth or fifth? Fourth. Um Yeah. So I think they'll they'll they're going to be another team that's going to be looking to twenty twenty two, which is exciting because we've got Williams, Haas, Aston Martin. Essentially, all these teams that haven't made the gains that they expected are going to be diverting focus to twenty twenty two, and it's going to be interesting to see who it pays off for and who capitalises the most. Um, because I honestly i I do think seb and and Lance are a good pairing and a good enough pairing to challenge uh, challenge the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull. yeah,
0: yeah good point. Um, moving on then McLaren. poor Saturday for Ricardo great weekend for Norris in my opinion uh, qualified in p seven and then was able to finish the race in fifth so it was, it was a solid drive for him in. once again. Uh, He's been really good this season, Norris, but I think Ricardo is, is disappointing as Saturday was. He's starting to find his feet in the race, especially coming up from 16th to 9th, and per- certainly puts him up there as a contender for driver of the day.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, don't forget that this was the same for Ricardo when he went to Renault. He wasn't exactly a standout performer, you know, from the get-go. Um, I think it's going to take some time, and... Lando has definitely developed over the winter. He said it himself. He's taken more focus off of things like streaming and Twitch and whatnot. And I think he's um, spent more time in the factory, spent more time trying to develop as a driver and build on it. And I think he wants to get rid of the reputation of being the nice kid, you know, the funny guy and the guy that is just there to have fun. I think he wants to be more cutthroat, more like Max, you know what I mean? I think he's definitely showing his talent much more he's having the best start to the season of his life third in the drivers um, championship he's definitely proving to be a, a big talent and i honestly think if it carries on the way he's going he could be a rival to russell as, as a mercedes mercedes driver i'm not i'm saying he's not out of the question for a mercedes seat i think well, I mean, if they're looking to get rid of Bottas and Hamilton has not got long left in Formula One anyway, or so he says. Um, he did intend a... intentions
0: to stay next year, though, Hamilton. So I see him alongside Russell.
1: I still think, no matter what Hamilton says, that he's going to take an eighth driver's championship and then leave. That's what I think is going to happen. But if you look at it from his point of view, he's going to be going in not knowing... If he's going to be competitive, do you know what I mean? Because Mercedes aren't going to fall down to Williams' level, but there there is a chance that they won't give him a car that will be competitive and the field will be more equal. He might have a little bit more competition than he expects, and I think it would tarnish his reputation a little bit if he went in next year and got demolished. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... It's a bit like Schumacher coming back, though, in 2012, isn't it? And Schumacher, in the, when he returned... Was it 2010 he returned? and then
1: He returned in, in 2010 when Mercedes uh, yeah, joined. and then left in 2012, um, wasn't it? Yeah, partnered Rosberg. I don't think that did him any favours. So I think Lewis will want to avoid that same fate.
0: Another legend who had a good weekend was Alonso.
1: Did, I, I didn't think Alpine would be that fast because they, they made it out to be... This weekend would be... A bit of a struggle for them, but actually, Ocon and Alonso both finishing in the points. They did very well, actually.
0: I think, I think they've come a long way really quickly. Actually, Alpine it's like you said, I didn't expect them to be that fast, and he came from thirteenth and ended up in finishing eight. It was a, it was a really solid drive for him, and. He said it himself in Bahrain, he was still just taking it easy, getting to know the car. he's been out for a couple of years and he's got to settle back in. They just
1: got the upgrades right and this circuit might have played into their hands a little bit. I don't think it's a hallmark of, you know, massive development, massive gains over the course of just one race weekend. But I still don't think they have the race pace is what I'm trying to say. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I think some tracks might suit them more than others, obviously, like you said, but it's it's like you said, it's exciting in the midfield. Um, so, driver of the day for you?
1: I'm going to have to say Checo, and I'm going to have to go with the fans, because to keep those tyres going for that long and to still finish fourth. You
0: did. a good job. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with you, and I'm going. It was between Alonso and the one I'm gonna give it to is Ricardo. Now the reason I give it to him, come from sixteenth up to ninth, and the struggles he's had so far. I think take your hat off to him. It was a good drive, and as he made up a few positions on the start, I think I think you know he deserves credit for what he did. Yeah, like you said, Checo also had a good weekend. There's there's a few drivers it could have gone to, but as if the rumours are true, and it went to Mazepin. Then Lord help us!
1: I don't know why people wanted to do that, but still, I don't think F1 would allow it.
0: So that's it for this week's episode. We'll be back again in a week's time. We've got a busy two weeks coming up with uh, Spain and Monaco. So, and obviously a lot of talk in the paddock. Will this hash take over from Maspin's father? Will it develop any more? Are Rich Energy going to come back? Are Alpine going to make more steps forward? Will Ferrari going to make more steps forward? Will Ricardo settle in? All will be unfolded for the next few weeks. But thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.